and welcome. My name is Tim. I'm Dantimus. And I am Herfy Durfy. And this is Go Mode, a link to the past randomizer podcast. Gentlemen, I'm sorry I was not here in the last episode to celebrate our three year anniversary with you. It's good to have you back. I don't have to talk as much now. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> oh, by the way, uh, yeah, excellent job with the editing. Dante uh, handled a, a about 50% of the editing of the episode last week and did a fantastic job. Uh, how, how did how was it? What was how, how did it go? It was pretty easy. Uh, I don't know if I spent as much detail as, as you did. Um, and I don't I honestly don't know if it was as good. I did listen to it back, but I don't like have a trained ear for something like this. So I don't know. Um, but, uh, I, I gotta know, how, how did you like the, the remixes of the sound effects and, uh, the music <laughs> that we, uh, provided for your listening pleasure? I was very impressed. I actually liked it a lot. The, uh, the cranking up and down of the, of the music going faster and slower. That's, that's not the easiest thing to do. I haven't figured out how to do that in audition yet. Oh, it was like, it's like five clicks. It's actually not hard. <laughs> Nice. Um, you find the effects tab and then you just start playing with stuff until you find something you like. And then uh, I'll show you how to do it. But uh, did you like our, <laughs> our big bird? Honestly, like Herf and I found that I, we had to find a thing. We were talking about this as we, we were recording it. And I was like, what about this one? And he was like, yeah, that's a really good one. So I was like, let me edit this in with the flute noise. And then I said, OK, tell me how this sounds. And then we were just like rolling, dying about it. And I'm like, all right, this is our new flute. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love the idea. It makes that sound and then you see it and you're like, oh, my God, it's hideous. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe we'll see him again, you know, who, who knows? knows, who knows. Uh, but yeah, yeah we, we workshop that one around a little bit. All, all the other ideas and editing tricks go to Dante. I uh, I was just uh, the cooperator later on, so to speak. Uh -huh. Nice. Well. Well, well done, boys. Um, so August 12th, 2018 was when we recorded our first episode. It was myself, Herf and Dear Axial. And then August 15th, a few days later, was when we published the first episode, plus our uh, prologue, our episode zero, if you will, which we really should update by this point. Yeah, uh, maybe that's something we'll have to get around it's, to. It's yeah, so one crazy of these days. to think 2018, man. So long I know. ago. I know. And weirdly, I remembered last year uh, for the two year anniversary being like, wow, this this really feels like weighty. You know, making it two years really felt like a, a big milestone. This one I almost forgot about. <laughs> I don't I don't know why. It just feels like, yeah, you know, go mode. We, we make it every two weeks. We're not going to stop like we let you know, it does, didn't feel like uh, as, as momentous. But that being said, we do have a, a special announcement that we'll talk a little bit about uh, at the end of the episode closer to the end of the episode um that honestly is is pretty momentous so uh stay tuned um or check the uh, time codes if you're really greedy and you want to just jump ahead um, but we'll we'll get to that for now what better way to celebrate three years of a podcast about a link to the past randomizer than talking about so freaking many things in this episode about a link to the past randomizer we have so much news to go over we have two incredible interviews with our MVP mentor and winner of the Mentor Tournament 2021. We have that special announcement I talked about and uh, all the other things that we always do. Uh, we have a, a Mentor Tournament wrap up as well um, that, that we want to you know, take a little bit of time on. So without any further ado, let's get on to the news because we have a lot. 
ALTTPR League Season 4 is uh, upon us. It's it's coming up very soon. Um, sign up has actually closed. They closed a little bit early uh, because, well, let me go ahead and pass it over to Dante, <laughs> who is, a, of course, a league uh, admin, to tell us more about what happened. As usual with this community, uh, the turnout for something was much more than we anticipated. Um, <laughs> we had plans for everything up to 96 teams. And then when we realized, Oh my God, there's a very real chance we're going to hit 96 teams. We were like, okay, we have to actually cap this. And I think this happened because at some point in the admin chat, someone probably said we won't hit 96 teams. I might've been (laughs) one of those people. I honestly don't remember. It may have been a general consensus, but here we are 96 teams. Absolutely crazy that we've done this. Uh, but you know, it's, it's you guys who did it. So now we get a <laughs> massive, massive event that's going to be happening over, you know, several months, uh, you know, for the fall and winter time. Yeah. Um, so I assume this is 32 in the invitational and 64 in the open. Correct. We are going to stick with that. Uh, I will leak a little bit of information here, but nothing super specific. This is a little vague. There are some teams in the Invitational who are not returning. Um, Some teams you probably thought who were returning who are not returning. Uh, And therefore, there are going to be additional spots to fill. The admin team has worked together. We have sent out invitations. And they you probably gather from that if... You were invited, I guess. Um, and it's <laughs> we did it kind of on a ranked choice between all the admins. Uh, and it was based on like skill level. We we spent a lot of time actually looking at like ladder records, kind of looked at some race time stuff, even though that's not really a good indicator. Um, you know, like as far as like actually super competitive environment, so to speak, is a ranking. Um but yeah, we uh it, it took a good bit uh, and there was some deliberation, but we've got our spots filled. Uh, I think, and we are going to be ready to go with 32 in the Invitational and then the Open League can, you know, fight out for them spots, you know, next season as well. And we'll probably have the same scenario come up, you know, season five (laughs) down the line. There will be some teams dissolving or something. There's no way we could get to 256 teams, guys. We're it's not it's doing impossible. That. We don't even need to set that number. <laughs> I will. Um, I think all the admins will quit if you if that happens. <laughs> Yeah, understandably so. Um, So real quick, if you would allow me to just do a quick read off of the seven weeks, uh, as you'll recall, Um, I think they started this in league in the second week of league or was this this might have been from from the very beginning, but like all of the different weeks have different kind of themes to them, which kind of keeps it interesting. Um, Was that first or second season? The league has always been fun, fun, fun. (laughs) I promise I can talk fun and exciting modes is what we like to to say like it's not the exact same thing the entire time gotcha okay so since the beginning this has been the case so week one is a co-op info share open all dungeons week two is open all dungeons key sanity and that it's uh vanilla castle cowardice so that's that's the fad keys that we outlined a couple episodes ago week three is a good old standard casual boots uh week four is a pilot spoiler um also key sanity week five is the cross keys week Week six is just a regular open defeat cannon. And week seven is the co-op animizer. So a lot of those are returning. Uh, the fad keys obviously is new. 
Um, there is one and, tweak uh, to that Enemizer with co-op. We are doing starting boots just to uh, okay. make it uh, interesting with Enemizer. We feel like that would be a good strategy in a way. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Cool. Okay. Uh, and yeah, other than that, when when do things start officially for the league? Uh, well, uh, I mean, to put you on the spot there, put me on the spot. (laughs) I want to say it's, um, end of September. There is some time at the end of September. So we're getting really close. There's going to be a nice speed gaming stream where we, uh, Mm. reveal the divisions, the groups, you know, so on and so forth, the conference. Another big change just to kind of throw this out there is that in, uh, in the open and invitational, the top four from each group or division rather uh, will move on to the playoffs instead of the top three. We heard a lot of the mm-hmm. complaints and suggestions of, Hey, we just want to play. We don't want a buy. So we figured let's allow four teams in. And that way we can also do something else. That's kind of exciting where you're not going to, you may, but you may not play the exact same people from your division in the playoffs. We're going to try and do each conference as two separate ones, kind of like, I guess you could say the NBA does basketball where it's like the Eastern and the Western and then there'll be eight and you'll be seated best we can with tiebreakers. If we have to, obviously we don't really have interdivisional play. Um, we're not long enough in like for like time period to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the, the opportunity to go into playoffs initially and play someone different rather than maybe somebody you just barely squeaked by in the final week. Sure. Um, interesting. It's a, it's an opportunity for, uh, an outcome like that. We'll see how it goes. Nice. Oh, that's a good change. I like that a lot. Cool. All right. Yeah. So, um, do we know the exact date of that reveal stream or should folks just stay tuned? Uh, check the website maybe, uh, stay tuned. We'll, we'll, yeah. it'll be soon. I think it's honestly like, uh, September 12th. So, uh, mark your calendars for September 12th. I'll verify that. And if, I'm wrong. Here's Tuesday temp. But if not, I was right all along. <laughs> nice. For, for, for Tuesday temp's sake, I hope you were right because that's one less thing he has to do on Tuesday. <laughs> all right. So moving on to the latter season nine began yesterday. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just wanted to say that, you know, that the latter season well, nine has started. I do have a couple of things to oh, say. Oh, you got some stuff? That. Excellent. That makes me feel better. Go ahead. So, uh, first of all, uh, Danka, just at the time of this recording, uh, put out an announcement uh, for the end of season eight and announced the champions that we have, which uh, I can go through real quick if you want. Please. All right. We got the open champion is AK underscore Drizzed. Uh, the casual boots champion is Gem. Champion Swordless Champion is GFE, the Cross Keys Champion is Relkin, the Mystery Champion is Schalzer, and the overall Season 8 Champion is Gamatu. So, a big round of applause to all of these people. Yeah, GG's. Did well in their Season 8. And uh, awesome. from, uh, from that on, uh, I can talk about the Season 9 modes real quick. It'll be open yeah. into Cross Keys, into the SGL Casual Boots mode that will also be played at uh, the SGL tournament, into Mystery into casual boots and into inverted AD keys, which is a nice return of inverted. I haven't seen that in a while on the ladder, so people hopefully going to have fun with that. Uh, poor one now for uh, Champions Cross, uh, Champion Swordless mode. Uh, not very well received or 
much played. Uh, we might not see it back. I, I remember a small little discussion happening today between Dante and Big Dunka where uh, Dante said, well, what you said about the champion's swordless mode sounds very final. You never know. It might make a comeback. So we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, to I'm quote a, me, to quote me, you, mm-hmm. you bundled it with uh, map compass shuffle. It never had a chance. It, it never, oh, it never, <laughs> never even had a chance. <laughs> Rip. Fair enough. And uh, <laughs> last but not least, uh, we have also concluded our 50 retrans races, which means uh, we have handed out the invites to the people that made it into the, the invitational and the brackets. They've all been split up into groups. I'll just go through them real quickly so we know who's in there. We've got uh, Group A with Schalzer, Fear Agent, Wolfie, and Furious Magic. Group B with Tam, CS, Tutor, 89, Hayfield Bay, and Relkin. Group C with uh, Wallkicks, Breve, or Breve? I'm never sure. Uh, Tease 214 and F. Coughlin. And Group D with Andy, Humbug, Dr. Marty Zero, and Zen Arcane. So there are 16 players that are going to be playing for the Ritrans Championship and uh, Super NT, as far as I'm aware of, anywhere in the world. It's pretty awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah, is there, uh, I assume there's some kind of link maybe we can send folks to where they can check out like a challenge or well, is it it's, be tracked uh, on the website? it's run through apparently a Google Doc. There is, uh, an, I believe it's open to everyone, invitational general channel where Big Dunker posted the link to the groups and also you can see the scheduling of the matches there. We're mm-hmm. probably not going to be restreaming any of this, obviously. So... Uh, if you're curious about how that's going to work Sweet. out, uh, you can see when the guys are going to be playing and you can also see if they've chosen to go for a delay or not. And, uh, oh. yeah, that's, that's pretty much everything. We're running this through, uh, just a Google doc. It looks like. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And, and Dante has uh, dug that up and shared it. So nice. we will in turn share it with you in the episode description. Uh, thank you her for that, uh, uh, a plus reporting on ladder goings <laughs> <Yeah>. on. Awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is a fun one. So Synac recently uh, used a new ping uh, that they have in the main Discord to let people know when there are new beta versions, uh, uh, updates that are being uh, posted to kind of, you know, things that are sort of further back in the pipeline than like, you know, we're not quite ready to play them, but they're being worked on by the dev team. So uh, we, let's take a look at these updates here. Um, he has kind of his own dev site uh, that he has shared the link of so we can see everything here. Uh, and there's just a few, um, you know, new features basically that that we're looking at here. So here, here they are. This is kind of a sneak peek. Uh, first one up, magic used and damage taken are now statistics that are tracked and shown in the credits. So that, that should be fun. That, that's pretty cool that, uh, you know, we have kind of a counter for that i wonder um you know how it handles like if you pick up a vase and it it uh you know brings you up to full will you get you know the like 32 points that are in the whole vase or will you only get like what it fills you up to you know well it won't count that because it only counts what magic you actually use so it doesn't care about any of your refills fair Okay, so just the everything that's used that makes it easier to track. I guess same thing with the damage taken. I wonder if that's going to be HP dealt to you or what you actually end up receiving with your mail, you know, halving or quartering it. That's a good question. I think it's probably what you receive with the mail 
reduced i would assume at least i'm not sure how they're tracking this i'm assuming that they're the game somehow already tracks this internally it must i, I, yeah, f- I, I figure out i don't know they might have just you know buffed it up like that and put in a tracker of, of their own but i figure the game somehow tracks it by itself so it would probably also track the the males mm-hmm um, but yeah, I thought that was cool. The next one, uh, boss icons will now appear on the dungeon map indicating the dungeon's boss. This only appears if the player has the compass for that dungeon. So this is an example of trying to find more um, item functionality that can come out of the typically garbage dungeon items. And I think it's it's pretty cool, especially in Animizer. You know, if you are using boss shuffle, knowing where the bosses are obviously is huge. It could be the difference between something you can do and something you can't do. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty cool change. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, because it sounds to me like you think, Tim, it will just tell you where the boss is in the dungeon. But, I suppose so. I guess that is what I assumed. Yeah. What do you, what, how did you interpret it? I assume it will tell you which boss it is and each boss has their own icon. So mm. you don't have to go to the boss room oh. and like a boss shuffle to figure oh. out, Hey, can I defeat this boss or not? You go in there, you have the compass, you look on the map, and it's like, hey, this is Helmosaur, and you're like, oh, crap, I can't do this, bye. Herb's playing 4D chess over here. I th- yeah, I, I hope it's that now. He's I, right. I mean, he's absolutely right, because it says dungeon map. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for, but it says indicating the dungeon's boss. So, you know, that's okay. what I figured that meant. So you walk into a dungeon, you press X, which you normally never want to do. Exactly. And it, it shows you that quick screen. I bet there's like a picture of the boss's face on that if you have that dungeon's compass. Yeah, because normally, as you said, the boss icon on the ALCCPR dungeon map is just like this weird skull thing, I think. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I figure that would not be super useful because no matter which boss it is, it'll be in the boss room. So <laughs> what good does that do? Completely right. rip us when uh, the compass is on the boss, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that would yeah. suck. <laughs> yeah, which is possible, as we learned in our Key Sanity episode. Um, All right. So, yeah. yeah. Do you want to do the next one? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, The next one says the dungeon price crystals and pendants will now appear as a C or P indicator on the HUD while in the dungeon. Uh, But this will only appear when maps are not shuffled in the wild. Dungeon item shuffles other than standard or you have the map for that dungeon. So this is basically, you know, we had the little boss icon to get a little more use out of a compass. And now... We have a C or a P for, you know, the map, making the map a little more useful, I guess. So as someone who plays without music, I absolutely love this because I'm the kind of dude that will walk into a pendant dungeon having forgot that it's a pendant dungeon, thinking it's a crystal dungeon uh, and complete the whole thing and then get the pendant and be like, (laughs) what the what the sh- yeah. so <laughs> i love this because it eliminates the chances of that happening to me in the future that's pretty good yeah, I, yeah. I, i'm this i've seen this kind of in like the uh with the, the pseudo boots i think this was already like in that uh little beta that was happening when we did the exhibitions and with the cross key stuff i think this is actually going to be huge mainly because like you know what if you're entering a dungeon your plan is to go to a dungeon and you do have that map well maybe it's the only one you have. So you have to waste a map check. This kind of gives the opportunity of walking in 
uh, and deciding on the fly. Okay. Is it worth actually beating this? If I can, like if you're mm-hmm. one, I- one or two items from go mode and you walk in, uh, but it's the only one you have information for, you're probably going to want to full clear, but at the same time, maybe just maybe you don't want to go to the boss, especially if you get progression in there. I don't know. It's just like some things to think about and it, it just saves a little extra, um, I guess screen transitions because you know, you won't have to press X to check it right before you walk in. If, and when you only have one map, it, it's really a waste of time to do that in my mind. Uh, and this way you can kind of get that trickle progression. If you're deciding, all right, I'm going to go in here and start looking for items anyway. Mm-hmm. Do are the maps usually shuffled in cross keys or are they, they are. are they standard because then it won't work. No, it because does. Then- it, it works when you have the map. This only appears when maps are not shuffled in the wild. Or, or you, you have, have the map, map for the dungeon. dungeon. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. maybe I should read it the is, whole it is a hard, It's hard to parse. Yeah, that, I, I had to read it a few times, too. Yeah, to, yeah, to get yeah I didn't quite understand it the first time around. But yeah, okay, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. All right, anyways, um, so, um, moving us so, along. <laughs> yeah, all of those were uh, uh, courtesy of Khan, or Khan, yes. one of those two. Yeah, who's, who uh, devs, does a lot of work on the festive... Uh, uh, versions of the game is uh, from what i understand so that's pretty cool uh yeah. and then and then we have a couple more from uh some some other folks yeah so we've got the sound effect rando uh, there's now an option to randomize your game sound effects and that is courtesy of Aaronon. and uh that could be interesting or horrible depending on how well this works i'm willing to give it a shot sure so- it might be fun for a seat or two yeah, I, I saw some folks using this uh, kind of just playing some casual stuff on Twitch yesterday, uh, Saturday morning. Um, and uh, it was pretty funny listening to like the uh, like, I, I guess you could say instead of hearing water when you're in water, uh, someone their dash sound was water. So just <laughs> yeah. splashing the entire time you're running. Uh, anytime you, you know, throw a bomb like the sound effect is like Link getting hit. So you think, you know, you got to get used to the difference there. I don't know. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's going to get banned for restreams. Holy cow. That would be hilarious. Just <laughs> listening to that on a restream. But um, it can make for some really funny stuff. And from what I've seen so far, you know, this is similar but different from the the shuffler that happened with the um, the April Fool's festive. Uh, it's nowhere near as jarring on the ears from what I can tell, at least. Uh, There may be some some things that are jarring, but it doesn't have like that music uh, with the tempo changing that like, you know, absolutely destroys your ears, so to speak. If you have headphones on, Uh, it's not quite that bad. So but I guess your mileage may vary. Good luck and have fun with it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely down to check it out a time or two. I could definitely see it being banned from restream much in the way that palette swap is for from a lot of different channels just because you know personal preference it looks ugly it, it can be hard on the eyes sometimes i think this is, will probably fall right into that same category but it's cool you know mm-hmm. yeah. um then the, the last one that we have here uh shout out to cassidy moen for uh, uh working on this and and having it get introduced into the game item drop rng during the escape sequence while playing standard world state is now the same for all players of the same seed so that's interesting i i guess i would have assumed that was already the case no um yeah, interesting. It's, it's 50 50 all the time, and it's a different coin flip for every single enemy. So now that it's kind of the same, I think that's actually really good from the competitive yeah. sake. Um, mm-hmm. Too bad we didn't have that Absolutely. in the standard tournament this past uh, <laughs> spring. Yeah. yeah, that was a little unfortunate. Yeah, but so yeah, this is huge why, for this. you know. 
Yeah, no, this is awesome. Um, so that's why, you know, when you're watching two people do a standard escape, they're both farming for bombs and maybe one of them might get them and one of them might not. Now there's a pretty good chance if one of them gets them, the other one will have that same access and will probably get them as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cool. Nice. So there were also uh, some bug fixes here, some vanilla bug fixes. Uh, There are a few that were kind of interesting, but in the interest of time, I think we should move on and I'll encourage you to check out the link in the description if you want to read them. There was one final change that I wanted to shout out, though, and that is the updating of the signs, Um, the (laughs) OWG land bridge sign for the HMG winner. And of course, the Houlihan sign for the winner of the 2021 main tournament. Dante, how does it feel to know that your name is going to be in this game for anyone to read? Uh, yeah, I, the cool, I guess. Uh, no one reads it, man. Like, <laughs> no. no, no one reads no. it. There's, and honestly, I don't blame them. It's a waste of time. Uh, it slows you down. It's a text box you don't need. So, um, you know, it, it's a cool honor. I, I, I'm glad to have it. But at the same time, like, it, it's not like a if I'd lost to Gamma and Gamma's name was there instead, it would not be a make or break for me i don't think or anyone who's on it yeah it's a cherry on top but it's still pretty cool yeah cool all right so uh we have a couple of tournaments um that we've been checking in on and they're both uh two of them in particular are now at the end of their group stages getting ready to get into brackets so the first one is the pilot spoiler which of course dante is in so dante how's that been going was in <laughs> mm, I um, see. so uh we took a loss to shelzer and yoshi or team shug uh that humbug used to be a part of uh and had to drop out so they got yoshi to replace him um there was kind of a poll that went out <clears throat> from uh the beginning like basically everything was supposed to be best of one and uh they gave the option to do best of three and if you couldn't decide because the initial ruling was best of one they defaulted to that. Well, Alilafin and I were chatting. We really didn't have the time to do uh, to do a best of three. So we did best of one and we entered the tournament to have fun. Uh, and you, you guys probably know where I'm going with this. Um, and uh, we didn't want to like interfere with people wanting to do best of threes because if we do a best of one and you win, it really it. it some people say, oh, they got lucky for one time and not saying anybody in particular would have done that. But instead of like taking some of the competitive viability out, we just figured we would exit the tournament. So we had some fun in our match and um, much like we did in the group stages, we had fun with those and we played Fall Guys. There was an announcement about this. Apparently it was not received well while we played Fall Guys. And was it, wait, wait, wait. Let, let's be more specific about you played Fall Guys. I think, you think you should explain exactly what the setup was. So I had uh, an emulator instead of my console running uh, and I had the seat up and we started when race time said go. But I had one controller controlling Fall Guys and Link to the Past Rando at the same time. And I had both up on the stream. So it was quite chaotic. Um, it was, it, it was like a planned thing from like the day before or something. And we just figured we would make our exit from the tournament, say GG and good luck to, you know, Schulzer and Yoshi going forward. And, uh, anyway, it was not received very well. Um, which I do apologize. I've already apologized to Schulzer, uh, on behalf of my team and myself. Uh, I apologize to the admins for potentially causing headache just because, uh, yeah, I, I I didn't intend for it to be something that was received that poorly, uh, but apparently it was. It was meant to just be kind of fun. 
to, to give an example of like some of the fun we had, you know, I made a whole lot of dumbs in the game two versus two C and will WC. We uh, decided, all right, that's the end of this, but I'm not forfeiting. So I'm going to clip into GT and we did an overworld glitch. Uh, at that point, I had full intention of forfeiting when they finished. It was just kind of to mess with them because in spoiler, you can watch your opponent or rather your pilot can watch your opponent in, the, in this tournament's rules. So <laughs> we figured, you know, for that, we would clip into GT and it caught 2C and Will WC off for just a minute. And then they realized what happened. We talked about it afterwards. We had a lot of laughs, you know, said GG and, you know, moved on. Um, I, uh, you know, like I said, I apologize to Scholzer. I, I did not mean to offend anybody by doing this. Hindsight probably should have let them know that we were doing something dumb uh, before just doing it. But, uh, but yeah, like it's all water under the bridge now taken care of. So that's always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I saw that uh, this was going on. Actually, Herf let me know. He was like, hey, Tim, check this out. Uh, and I went to look and saw that, you know, Fall Guys was going on. I was very confused about what was actually happening at first because it wasn't obvious that you were controlling both of them. Also, the Fall Guys was like the focus and then the rando was like in a little tiny screen. So I was like, this is some shenanigans. Like, it's what really is going hard on? to fit it on the thing. <laughs> and I, I, I made it in like five seconds. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and so once I finally kind of realized what was going on, I was like, oh, well, it must not be a race. And I found out, yes, it is a race. And I was like, oh, well, surely it's not a tournament race. And then I found out, well, yes, it is a tournament race. And yeah, I had I was having trouble with this. I was like, I don't I don't understand why Dante and his teammate would do this. Having heard your explanation, I get it and I understand where you're coming from. I think, you know, there are it's fun to have fun. You know, it's fun to, to you know, especially when you play this game as much as someone like you to have a little fun with it, do something kind of tongue in cheek, I think is, um, you know, certainly something that you can do every now and then. And you kind of have to just do with some discretion. Um, but I think, like you said, you know, they didn't take to it too kindly. And I will admit, you know, if I was in a position where I was going to be racing you and you, I found out 30 minutes in that you were doing this, I probably wouldn't be too happy with you either. Um, so, you know, I, I, I see where they're coming from. Um, I figured it was probably good to, you know, talk about this on the show and let you say your piece and we could all kind of say our piece. That's where I'm at. I'm not like personally mad at you, obviously, or anything, but I was surprised, especially as like, you know, a member of the racing council and, you know, uh, a league admin and things like that, that, that you would kind of take a tournament race and sort of, um, you know, kind of do something to say like, oh, this isn't really important to me because I can also see how when I'm slated to race against the current main tournament champion, I, I want I want I want a fair shake at that. Like, I want to maybe be able to say like, oh, yeah, I took down the main champion of the tournament. Like, you know, you kind of have almost that responsibility as the winner of that tournament to show up for all of these races and, and give people that chance to, you know, to, to best you. So. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I wanted to just kind of talk about it and, and I'll, at this point now I'll, I'll pass it over to Herf and I'd love to know kind of just like what your thoughts were on this whole thing. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about this obviously before the show and, um, I, I kind of just saw some people talk about it as it was happening on other discords, which is how I really found out about it happening. And uh, I jumped into the stream and I watched it. And to be honest, I didn't really think about it too much. And I'm also like, I'm, I don't know anything about the spoiler tournament. Basically, I'm not on the discord. Everything I know about it has been told to me by people that are in it or I've read on like 
discords where they were talking about it and you know i just know nothing and it was always presented to me as a very casual tournament and i just thought it was funny to be honest mainly i thought it was funny to to watch the little uh, alttpr window <laughs> and see that sprite that dante chose walk into walls and die repeatedly and think in my head all right so this is the 2021 tournament winner <laughs> I mean, the concept is amusing. Like, I'm not going to deny that. Like, yeah, I love yeah. the, the stunt of it is great. Just the timing and the application, I think, is, is what's yeah, sort of so in question. To, yeah. to get to that, I, 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 I don't want to say I understand the reaction. I can understand why someone would react like that. And everything you've said makes sense to me. It's not like I think it's super outrageous or anything. Uh, but there, there's a point that I want to bring up and that I'm wondering about, and I don't begrudge anyone any feelings. Like, I don't want to say, hey, you shouldn't have been mad about this or anything like that. Right. <clears throat> but I do wonder if instead of playing Fall Guys, Dante had done what he was talking about earlier uh, in the group match, I believe it was, where he just said, all right, we, you know, we don't really want to play this. And we thought it would be a best of one instead of a best of three, whatever. Uh, let's just play the game, but let's do a bunch of overworld glitches or a bunch of stuff that's not allowed in competitive play. And they would have just, you know, glitched into GT or gone into EG or done something weird and crazy. Uh, and people would have seen that uh, while they were watching or the pilot of the other team would have seen that. Uh, would it have had the same kind of reaction or outcome or consequences if you want to call it that because in my gut i feel like that would have been received better even though the underlying problem that people seem to have had with it would have been the same pretty much in my opinion at least I think does that make I sense think it does I, I do think in the difference of that if you do it from the beginning um like the, the clipping around and stuff it may look like uh, that we're trying to actually cheat, which that that mm -hmm. was like, I mean, with Fall Guys, I, I I could show like exactly or a second game. Like, let's just throw Fall Guys out of the window mm -hmm. that I'm yeah. definitely like I'm not cheating this. Like, so I, I wouldn't want to, I guess, rile up people in that regard. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, like I, I could see it'd be the same thing that, you know, it is a little different, you know, with the timing. I, I'll admit that 100 percent, like because we knew how far behind we were from my mistakes um, in that other match versus like we did this from the get go. So I, mm -hmm. I could, I could see in retrospect how it wasn't received well, but, um, but yeah, like it, it was, it was crazy because you know, it, it, this worked out really nice because we had something come up. We couldn't record on Saturday. Like we normally do for like the main portion of the show. And then, uh, then there was like this ping in the discord to the bracket entrance about sportsmanship. And I was like, wait a minute what and then so i dm'd a couple folks and then i found out what was going on that like that was directed at me and my team so i at that point was like all right let me let me start dming some folks and we went back and forth and like i said water under the bridge uh but i'm glad that we just didn't talk about how i was an idiot and then uh you know and then it looked like we were ignoring the whole thing as that ping went out so uh the 24-hour delay i guess worked out kind of nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I guess to the last thing I want to say, because I, I don't want to again, you know, we have so much to go over this episode. But uh, my final thought that I'll share is I think one thing that 
you know, could be learned from this maybe going forward, not just from you, but also from tournament admins is uh, considering implementing something like a code of conduct that and it doesn't have to be, you know, a full size document. It could even just be a paragraph, but something to the effect of, you know, I promise to race my hardest in every single race. And if I'm doing any sort of shenanigans or anything like that, there could be consequences regarding my placement or future in the tournament or something like that. Just a general clause to say, like, you know, if you're going to participate in this tournament, you can't do stuff like like what you did, for instance. You can't call people names. You can't goad people. Um, you can't threaten people. Stuff that we kind of take for granted. And because we have a really awesome community, don't really have to, uh, you know, explicitly say a lot of the time, but this could be a good indication that maybe tournaments might want to look at including something like that. And that way there's just no question and nobody has to worry about it happening again. And we've all gotten better, you know? Yeah. So that's my thought. But like you said, water under the bridge, hopefully, you know, everyone has been apologized to, uh, and, and everything is good. We all do silly stuff. Um, certainly I do. Uh, and you know, we actually are kind of lucky that we have this podcast where we can like I- explain ourselves and may a culpa a little bit and all that. And, you know, I'll move on with our lives. So it's all good. Um, so the other tournament we had was cross keys. That one also has finished with its group stages. We are now on to our final 16, um, so, uh, as you can imagine, a lot of heavy hitters in this list. We have uh, Goomba, Shkupal, Julo Ninja, Lin Lin Lin, Schulzer, Illis, Zelga Dasan, The Boulder 300, Humbug, Brev, Dataplet, Artie Walsh V, T Stu 14, Wall Kicks, Alizun, and Dazed Cloud. So, uh, all of those very, very formidable rando players. Um, this is after seven or eight, I think seven weeks of Swiss uh, competition. So these are kind of the cream of the crop of the hundred or so people who were involved in that tournament. Uh, so definitely, you know, we will we will keep you updated on this and we'll put a link in the description where you can watch the schedule and you're going to want to check out some of these races because this is some pretty high level play here. Um, so, yeah, that is the cross keys tournament. Any final thoughts before we get into GMP community updates on either of these tourneys? Nope. Mm, let's go. Yeah, sweet. All right, let's go. Okay, so obviously the mentor tournament uh, has com- officially completed, uh, concluded. Uh, it is 100% wrapped up. Uh, I think we might have some bronze matches maybe unofficially being played, uh, maybe another five through eight of the gold sword bracket. I know that's been a popular uh, you know, kind of thing to do from the past, but uh, those are all like unofficial. So officially this tournament is wrapped up and we'll discuss um, you know, some kind of last some final thoughts uh, here after our interviews that are coming up. So stay tuned for that. Bi-weekly seed. Last time uh, y'all chose to do a casual boots, which was cool. Did either of you happen to play this seed? Because I did. And boy, was it a doozy. I did not. I okay. did not either. <laughs> so it gave you pretty much all of the items uh, very early on in pretty obvious places, more or less. Of course, I'm generalizing, but uh, except for the hook shot and the hammer. So it was a search to try to find that. And it ended up being, let's see, what was it? Quake was uh, needed to get into a pendant mire and Quake was in Swamp Palace. Remember, there's no hammer or hookshot. So you had to go into Swamp Palace to the first chest to get your uh, Quake. Use Quake to open Meyer. Meyer gave you shovel. You bail out of there and then dig up your hammer. Uh, and then the hookshot was on floating island and that was go mode. Uh, so 
absolutely savage. You had to go into a hammerless, hookless swamp palace for progression. Um, uh, you know, guaranteed double dip there. Wow. Um, so that was fun. <laughs> that yeah, was a fun one. Great. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, despite all that, it actually was fun. That was my first time playing in almost three weeks. So I had a vacation. I wanted to play right before vacation, but uh, I, and I was going to sign up for a ladder race. It was at 9 p.m. The night before I left, I was like, man, this is perfect. And then my freaking uh, Internet went out like 30 minutes before <laughs> and I had to miss it. I was I was pretty, pretty upset. Uh, but, yeah, it had been a long time since I played. So it, this was my chance to play. And it, it actually, you know, despite the you know hair pulling um, fetch quest there. Uh, it was, it was still a lot of fun. I really love this game. I, I forget that if I don't play for a while, uh, for the next one, I was thinking we should maybe jump on the bandwagon and do one of these, uh, STL qualifier seeds, the, the hard items. Heck the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dante is so down that he has already generated it. So that is, <laughs> that is what it's going to be. Sweet. Awesome. Okay, so next up we have our interviews with two mentor tournament MVPs. We have our mentor MVP, Leoria of Light. So you will hear her first. After that, uh, we will have our interview with the grand champion of the Gold Sword Bracket, Mr. Aaron Snurd. So you'll hear those two interviews back to back. One thing I forgot to do because I'm a bad host is ask them for shout outs if they had if they wanted to shout out their Twitch channel or anything they're working on. So please, please, please check the description. I will get that from them and then put it in the description and uh, please give them a follow on Twitch and uh, anything else that they want you to check out. I, I encourage you to to follow those links for them, too. Uh, all right. Without uh, with that, let's go ahead and get to these interviews. Well, well, well. Next up on the show, I am pleased to welcome our MVP mentor of the Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament 2021, Leoria of Light. Leoria, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited. So uh, is it okay if I call you just Leoria? Yeah. Or Leo? Either. Um, I've had my name pronounced so many different ways. It's fine. (laughs) You know, well, when you make up a word for your name, it's bound to happen. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, the reason that we have uh, Lau on, I'm going to go with Lau, I think. The reason that we have Lau on uh, and we chose her as our MVP mentor this year Um not only did she mentor more matches than any other mentor uh, stepped up and volunteered to do with 21, um, but uh, she also helped out with uh, she she was part of the exhibition match. And uh, at the end, during the interview, um, I, I felt like gave some really good advice uh, to racers looking to choose a mentor and just generally throughout the tournament was very present and just very helpful to anyone who kind of needed any help with getting ready to, you know, getting racing, learning how to race. Um, just like a great overall, really positive presence um, and, and also a racer from last year. So had that perspective as well. So it was a pretty easy decision for me. I was very, very happy to be able to um, reward you with that. And uh, now that you're here, I just, you know, before we get into anything, um, what what are your thoughts now that the tournament is over? How, how do you think it went? I thought it went awesome. I it's it felt like kind of a whirlwind almost because, you know, mm-hmm. for seven weeks, I was trying to like help out everywhere I can. And then brackets starting. I'm just kind of like, these are my babies going out there into the world. Like I want (laughs) to see how they do. (laughs) Did you kind of see yourself stepping up to mentor this much or did it just sort of happen as you agreed to help people out? Like, was this kind of the plan? I, 
honestly, no. Like I, I had had a couple of people who, um, had been interested in the mentor tournament and had kind of reached out to me and been like, Hey, you know, would you be willing to mentor me once we get this started? I'm like, yeah, of course. Um, but I also, because of just summer break in general and having a plethora of time on my hands, I had a hard time saying no. If somebody reached down and said, Hey, you know, would you be willing to mentor me? Um, the only time I really would say no is if I already had another mentor commitment, um, or 4th mm-hmm. of July weekend. That was the other big one. Um, yeah, may- we should maybe look into that because I remember Walter kind of saying the same thing last year. Uh, he, he, you know, was our MVP mentor and, and also had the highest amount of, of volunteers and kind of said the same thing where it was like, I just, people would ask me and I couldn't say no. And, um, you know, uh, I, so I know that when you mentored everyone, you're not, you're not, you're probably not going to say something like, Oh, I wish I wouldn't have mentored as much because you don't want anyone who's listening to think that, you know, you weren't present for them and weren't, you know, volunteering their time. But do you think there's maybe something we could do to try to limit the, uh, the workload of mentors who maybe feel almost this kind of like obligation to jump in and help? So I don't know. I want to say this as like politically nice as I can. Like, I don't feel Mm -hmm. like I was like forced to say yes. That's just me as a person. Like I'm just a, I don't know, a a positive person and I want to help out where I can. And I've always kind of been that way. So Uh for as far as like lessening the load, I mean, if you look at even the numbers this year between, you know, me and Walter from last year, it's, it dropped significantly, but I think there were a lot more mentors available this year who were willing Mm. to help out. Like if I couldn't do one, I knew like, Hey, here's somebody I could recommend who, you know, is similar like mindset of the game as me. And it usually would work out. I don't know if there's really like a way to say like, Hey, you know, don't feel like you have to say yes. Cause for me, it's not going to change anything. Like I'm more than likely say yes anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I I get that uh, a whole (laughs) lot just from like season one, we'll call it of the mentor tournament. We had like, I feel like we had what 10, 10 mentors back then. Yeah. Um, And there was like uh, a semifinals match. And that was when it was like one bracket and it was like, Hey, this guy uh, doesn't have a mentor. What do we do? And I was like, you know, I'm not really, I don't really have a whole lot of time. I'll do it, Uh, but we'll, we'll make it work. And then, you know, you hate to see someone either go mentorless um, or, you know, just like you feel like you're you're shun- not shunning them. You you don't want to give that impression. So I, I totally get it. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I would posit like people who the kind of people who are most willing to step up and mentor have that same mentality. I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with what both of you are saying. I if someone reached out to me, I would do what I could to like move other things to, to try to help them out. Um, so I think a lot of our mentors probably are that way. And then I'm kind of trying to think a step above of like, okay, we know that like, we don't want to put them in that position to begin with. We want to, as a admin team, find a way to preemptively kind of ease that uh, pressure that some people might feel if they're getting sort of asked a lot, you know, right. Maybe it's just something to think about. Yeah. I mean, I'll say that my, my hardest mentor days were the ones where I 
like double or in one case, triple booked myself through a day. (laughs) Um, and so like maybe if, I don't know, like if there's like a limit, a limit. Yeah. That's, I mean, I made it work and my mentees were awesome and were totally understanding. I only had one situation where there was overlap from the race before to the next race. Um, the, the triple book one was like one race at noon, one race at four, one race at eight. So there was time in between to just kind of mentally like, okay, step away from whatever that seed was because I don't want to seed bleed for, yeah. um, for them, <laughs> but maybe something yeah. like that. I don't know. No. Yeah. That's, that's a, uh, that's a great jumping off point at the very least, you know, is kind of putting on a limit. It's interesting because, you know, the first year, the real pain that we felt was, lack of people stepping up to mentor. Uh, and then the next year it felt like we kind of solved that. There were very few issues with that. Now, um, I literally hadn't occurred to me until kind of we had this conversation, but we've really built up a much, much wider pool of people willing to help. And I think worrying about mentorship coverage is less of an issue than it was then to the point where people don't, shouldn't feel like they have to step up and, you know, take on sole mentorship responsibilities for someone's entire run through the tournament. There are other people that, you know, I'm willing to bet there's probably mentors that wanted to mentor more that only got one or two, but didn't feel like they had the right in or didn't get approached to mentor, you know? So maybe, yeah, maybe we can look at trying to, you know, widen it out. Yeah. I think the problem at some point also becomes from like, I, I hesitate to call it a problem because I don't want to make anyone feel bad, but sure. uh, At some point, just throwing more mentors at it is probably not going to be the solution because not only do the players sometimes have very specific mentors that they want to play with in mind and they won't even approach anyone else like right from the start and then you also have the problem that you just mentioned where a mentee starts out their first or their first two or three matches with the same mentor they gel well and then they're kind of unwilling or less willing to switch it up just because, you know, this mentor already knows how I play and we've got a good report going and so on and so forth. So even though you have a huge range of mentors to choose from, you're probably kind of focused on like one or two, maybe three at most. So that's not really something anyone can do anything against. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I didn't mean to get us off on such a tangent. I, I told, <laughs> no. I told Leo before we started, I was like, okay, when we first kick it off, I'll, you know, we'll, you know, do an intro for you, learn a little bit about you. And then instead we like turned to her with this hard hitting, like, how would you fix this problem? <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Let's back up a little bit and get to the introduction. So Leo, you mentioned something about a summer break. I think a, a lot of folks, uh, if they know a few things about you, they, one of those things probably is that you are a teacher. I am. I am an elementary music teacher. So I get to teach from uh, kindergarten through fifth graders, kind of general elementary music. Um, I love what I do. I miss the kids and (laughs) it's really good to be back in in school right now, even with all the craziness of the world. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite song Uh, to teach him? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't think I can answer that. Um, Oh, okay. that's fine. (laughs) I have like, so I'll tell you this. So I have a game that I teach the um, fourth and fifth graders that helps them like 
solidify syncopation. And it's a little hand clapping game called Bobo Ski Watten Totten. Um, oh, and all right. I, you have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so they basically do kind of like a little like hand partner thing that they do while singing all these like nonsense words. And at the end, um, they say freeze, please American cheese. And I come up with something that they can't show to me. So for example, like, please don't show your feet to me. They have to get down on their knees and do the same thing on their knees or please don't show your eyes to me. And they have to do it with their eyes closed. Interesting. Um, they freak out when I say, please don't show your fronts to me and they have to do it behind their backs. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I loved music class when I was in elementary school. I loved the opportunity to like go in there and, and play on the instruments or sing the songs or whatever. I've, I've always like growing up, I've looked back at the teacher and is that job, you know, is it, it's gotta be hard sometimes, right? Oh yeah. Um, the, the biggest thing that I, like the biggest bonus that I kind of think of is while I only get to see them for like once, maybe twice a week, just because of the schedule for like an hour at most, mm -hmm. um, I get to see everybody. And so I get to build those relationships over their entire elementary career with them. And what gets really hard is watching like, these kids grow as like, not just physically, but like as, you know, individual people yeah. from such a young age to fifth grade. And when they go on to middle school, like I'm losing it. I am oh. balling up a storm because like, these are my babies and they're going on to, to bigger, better things. And like, I'm going to miss them. I still have kids who are now sixth, seventh, eighth grade who come with their families in the morning to drop off their younger siblings and will just uh -huh. be like, we miss you, Miss Leorio. We, we want to uh, come back. I'm like, stop uh, it. <laughs> do you ever get involved oh, with the middle school or high school programs to kind of like, you know, visit on them? I haven't been able to yet. I'm still really new to this area. This is only my fourth year at oh, okay. this school after moving here from Texas um, four years ago. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm in like central Kentucky now. So big old change. Mm. Um, okay. Much and cooler. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Lately, I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's true. Um, also depends on the definition of cool that you're using. Maybe temperature. That's also true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, so we have like collaboration days with all the music teachers where like elementary music teachers will meet with, you know, the middle school choir and band directors and the high school choir and band directors. And we talk about like, you know, what are some things like vertically speaking that you guys are seeing that we can help with, or what are some events that you guys are doing? Um, for example, I know our middle school, one of our middle school choir directors, um, she had lost her husband and was having a really, really hard time. And so a lot of the elementary music teachers, as much as we could, like we stepped up to go over to her school to like teach a class, like teach her oh, wow. choir classes. Um, and so like, as far as like a lot of like interaction there, I haven't gotten to, but when 
like needs arise like that, like we step up for each other because we know yeah. in most cases we're the only one of our people at our school. So, yeah, that's awesome. I, I remember when I was like in high school marching band, my middle school teacher would like be at rehearsals, like helping out with like helping people hit their dots and, you know, I, walking around listening to individuals and stuff. I straight up miss marching band. Like I, <laughs> I have always said like, if for some reason I ever wanted to leave elementary, I would go to high school band in a heartbeat and I would mm. rock some marching band and <laughs> I miss it. I need to see, I, that actually makes me want to reach out to our high school band director. Cause Hey, <laughs> you should. I'm sure they would love to have the help. Yeah. Um, we can't talk too much about March Man, though. We'll literally yeah. be here all day I, because I could do that. Um, I I also think, you know, if I was a kid and I found out that my music teacher was really into video games, especially a video game as cool as this one, I would probably freak out about that, too. Oh, yeah. How did you get into this crazy scene of ALTTPR? So originally back in, I want to say, like 2018 or something like that, um, I had been watching... ZFG because I just love Ocarina of Time. It's it was my quote quote first Zelda that I was able to play through whenever I was a kid. Um mm-hmm. and so watching him speed run it, and I think one day he rated like speed gaming or something like that. And they were playing um, I wanna say the Key Sanity tournament back then or something like that. Um Yeah, and- that sounds that sounds right. And then like Dr. Bob Tastic was commentating. I was like, he knows a lot about this game. So I'm going to go follow him (laughs) and was watching him. And I started like trying to play back then, but I didn't have a whole lot of time to commit because that's about when we were getting ready to move and all this other stuff. Um, So once we settled in back here and COVID happened, um, was able to kind of rededicate time. Like I kind of refound it, I guess, is a way to say it. Mm. Um, and it's kind of been just over from there. Like it's been honestly a daily part of my life, whether it's I'm playing a seed or I'm watching people play a seed. Like it's, it's literally become almost like a daily routine now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, it's crazy how this community can do that to people. <laughs> that certainly was, was my experience, especially when I first got in. Um, and I know like Dante, for instance, has said like, you pretty much have a TV on in your house somewhere at all times that has some sort of like rando race yeah, going, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'll be yeah. like working on lesson plans or whatever. And on my top monitor, I will have some kind of rando stream going. Like it's, <laughs> It's a problem. It's just so easy to watch. It's it just so watchable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, also easy to kind of jump into. And we have this great community with folks like yourself that help people, you know, get, get into it and, and understand it. Um, you know, you were talking about how complicated it sounds um, when you heard like Dr. Bob Tastic doing the commentary. I, I, I think that's really relatable because I kind of remember that moment too, where it was like, you know, all of this stuff sounds so vaguely familiar from, you know, like for me, like when I played it as a kid. Um, but it's something like every now and then will like make sense. And you're like, Oh, I I get that, that, that actually tracks. And then you just like pick up more and more of those. And finally you feel like you're maybe a little bit dangerous and you could commentate yourself or even start playing, you know, racing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, 
I was I was wondering if maybe there's anything about the MT21 tournament experience, uh, if you have any specific like memories or stories from this tournament that you wanted to share, we would love to hear them. Oh, gosh. OK, so um, one of the mentees of mine who kind of kept coming back to either me or um, Radical Sniper was Chuxy. And mm. Like, I have to say, I absolutely adore him. Like, he is just so willing to, like, try new things and just go out there. Our first match, so week one, um, he straight up tells me he's like, dying is my specialty. I'm like, that's totally fine. Like, we're, <laughs> you know, this is week one. He drops that it's his third seed ever. Mm. Or I should say third I don't know if it was third seed or third race, but something along those lines. And I was going to say, cause we had async one and two right. and then like, here we go. Yeah. And yeah. you know, we get to GT and at this point we, we already knew from race time. Like we had lost the race. It was totally fine. Um, he gets to mimics one and two and has kind of a really tricky time with them and ends up running out of arrows. So, at this point, we both already knew that he had lost the race technically. So I was like, hey, you want to learn something really cool that you can do if you run out of arrows ever? Oh, man. <laughs> and I taught him Mimic Clip on the fly in the, <laughs> on that stream. It just is oh, awesome. Like, but it worked, right? It worked. Yeah, he was able to do it. Yeah. He got the arrows from the next pot. Um struggled again with them, which is totally fine. And so Mimic clipped the second screen, um, went further in the climb. I think maybe, I don't remember if there was another death or something, but came back and did it again. Oh, wow. Like <laughs> just putting that I mean, in. And I was like, oh, I've never done a Mimic clip. I, I've, I've never tried it. I, uh, I'm aware of it, but I mean, if he, you're teaching him how to do a trick that I've never even done in like three years of playing this game. That's wildly impressive. I like that's awesome. I was getting DMs from from just friends of mine being like, you're teaching him how to mimic clip on week <laughs> one of the tournament when <laughs> what? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. This situation yeah, it wasn't quite in our it wasn't quite in our top 10, but I mean, it's on the list somewhere. Yeah. So might as well get to it eventually. Yeah. Well, and it was one of those, awesome. like, if the situation didn't arise, it wasn't going to happen, but right. it was there. So, yeah. hey. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, all right. Well, we are uh, about at the end of the time that we have allotted here. We have a really jam-packed episode. But Leo, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for all of your volunteer work throughout the tournament. And uh, we, we really enjoyed having you. Yeah, I this was really fun. Thanks so much for inviting me. And here's to Mentor Tournament 2022. Cheers. Well, folks, it's happened again. We've reached the conclusion of another Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament. This was the third edition in 2021. And now I have some uh, silver and gold medalists to announce for you. So for the Fighter Sword bracket, uh, we had our second place finisher, Dakin. And taking the gold for Fighter Sword was Smirk JD. Uh, moving on to our Master Sword, I have to leave a little bit of silence because as we record this, we don't know. But uh, the winner was either Rain Man or Copybook Pizza 10. Um, the one who got silver was 
Rain Man. And the one who got gold was Copybook Pizza 10. Thank you, Tuesday Timp. Uh, in our Tempered Sword bracket, second place went to Pix. Congratulations, Pix. And uh, gold went to Nash Souter. So congratulations, Nash Souter. And then, of course, we have our Gold Sword bracket. This is where our highest uh, seeding players from the end of Swiss end up. So it's kind of the cream of the crop, if you will. Second place overall, uh, GG's to Pasu Turami. And our winner of the 2021 Mentor Tournament, who's here with us now, we are very pleased to welcome and congratulate Mr. Aaron Snurge. Congratulations. Thank you all. Appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, uh, Mr. Aaron Snurge, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, So I assume, uh, is it okay if I call you Aaron? Yeah, feel free, of course. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, just wow. Congratulations. Um, I... I'm curious to know how you got into Rando and how you heard about the mentor tournament. Yeah. So I actually got into Rando uh, about, I would say about a year ago, I started watching, uh, I started watching YouTube videos of Andy and Mm -hmm. uh, just sort of ended up on Twitch that way to start. And then uh, I didn't start playing Rando until uh, I started watching a friend of mine, uh, Chelsea X Lynn. And she was the (laughs) one who, kind of encouraged uh, me to start playing rando and uh, my first seed was a good five and a half hours in uh, and I did mm. finish it uh, but that just really wanted me it it made me want to get better at the game so because of that uh, I just kept playing and uh, sort of learned some strategy along the way and uh, I was pr- pretty much hooked from that point on and how I heard about the mentor tournament tournament was uh, it was actually through uh, just playing a variety of different things through the main tournament, uh, just hearing sort of uh, whispers about it. And uh, sure enough, uh, when, you know, I obviously didn't qualify for the main tournament, I figured, you know, this was the best way to uh, get better and try and figure out uh, what was it that I needed to do to maybe get to that level where I could uh, qualify for groups of the main tournament. So that's kind of where that all stemmed from. How did you do in the Swiss? I went five and one and my only, five and one. My only loss was to uh, the great uh, semifinalist opponent of mine, Couch 23. Mm, Couch 23, formidable opponent. So you, you have an excellent stretch in the Swiss and then you go on to go undefeated uh, in terms of winning all of your bracket races bracket matches to be the uh, grand champion of the tournament do you do you feel how do you feel about your rando skill now uh you know what i feel i feel much better about uh certain decision making situations uh is has been sort of my biggest thing because I felt like my, in terms of for me, my execution was uh, good, not necessarily great, but good. And it was more for me just trying to decide, okay, where's the progression most likely going to be? If it's going to most likely be here, that's where I should be going. So uh, it was more for uh, the biggest thing for me was just determining in terms of where to route through. So uh, it kind of felt like that after this whole tournament that I consistently can do that much better for sure. So that's been the biggest takeaway. That's interesting. I feel like that is 
for so many people, kind of like the tipping point um, with you know, progressing in this game. Once you get, you know, a fair amount of you've learned all the tricks and glitches, you learn the logic for the most part, you know, the, like kind of seeing past that to like, you know, why you might want to go one place instead of another, you know, because I think but as you're learning, a lot of times you just do like whatever's close by or like whatever you know how to do. But taking that step above is, is I think, what really, you know, leads people to be successful in that game. And that's that's awesome to hear that that's kind of like, you know, was, was your takeaway uh, in terms of mentorship. Um, tell us about the, the mentors that you had and the kind of things you picked up from them. Oh, I had some fantastic ment- mentors through the tournament. So my most first foremost, my main uh, mentor through the tournament was uh, Walther uh, Ivy. Uh, or the fourth, I guess that would be. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were they were fantastic uh, with helping me just in terms of decision making and routing. Uh, and, and just a little bit of, uh, you know, new tricks here and there. Harapot uh, was one of them. I just sort of refused to, to do it until I was forced <laughs> to do it. So then, then I decided, okay, well, I must well, might as well do it now. Um, yeah. And uh, they've been super beneficial to helping me through things. And then I also yeah. have to uh, credit Vortex of Doom, who actually was my first uh, Swiss re- uh, Swiss round mentor uh, for the race. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, we we went on a journey in that race, but it, we ended up <laughs> we ended up uh, getting that victory. So th- thankfully for that. Um, and I and I learned how to splash delete on the spot. So uh, mm-hmm. and then the second uh, the third person uh, is homemade beer who has really been was really beneficial in terms of like telling me, Hey, you know, if you get one specific item and it's the only thing that helps progress the game, guess what? That's where you should be going next. So, Mm. so that uh, it's been, they've been super beneficial in helping me as well. Awesome. Yeah. uh, Walter, I mean that, that was our, that was last year's MVP mentor. So no surprise to hear that you're getting, you know, professional level advice, from them and then you know vortex and homemade beer both very strong runners and and just all around great people so that's it makes perfect sense to hear that you had kind of a dream team of mentors that could help to uh you know help to to get you to, really to where did. you ultimately yeah. ended up it really did feel yeah. like that yeah <laughs> awesome um so what do you feel like is next for you are you wanting to kind of like take a break or are you like amped up and ready to go is there ever a break in rando? <laughs> <laughs> Only nope. if you let there be one. No, there's always there's always tournaments going on and I always feel like I want to keep going and continue to get better. So I know I'm just going to keep playing and find the next tournament available and sure enough, probably jump into that and see where see where I am after that. Um, oh, yeah, actually, that, the end. <laughs> that reminds me, aren't you in uh, a tournament right now also? Uh, so we just finished the, uh, cross keys, uh, tournament. And so that's, uh, I did not qualify for the, uh, the race that's going to be going on today, actually. Uh, well, the day this is recorded. So, uh, which will be, uh, basically a play in race, uh, with a bunch of people at six and two. So, um, after that, it'll be, uh, the SGL tournament, which will be next on the list. I mean, even to join that tournament i think uh, coming off the mentor tournament is like pretty pretty bold you know like i, I applaud just like uh, getting getting involved with a, a more difficult mode like that immediately after i have the mentor a tournament. i have a lot of respect for that to be honest like jumping into cross keys is 
I mean, that, that took that took me a while. I know a lot of people who are good at that mode now. It took them a little while before they wanted to, like, say, I'm going to play this competitively, even if it's just to learn it. And I mean, kudos, dude, because that that mode is like very tough. It can be very volatile. Um, you know, if you follow logic, obviously, sometimes it may take you, <clears throat> I guess, a longer time. You know, we see you learned, obviously, probably in the mentor tournament sequence breaking can work out really nice and open. Uh, sometimes it works out really good in cross keys too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's funny because I feel like it's more likely you will sequence break in cross keys versus then you, you will in open in, in cases of open, like, you know, a lot, I, I think a lot of people have just decided, Hey, forget the lamp. We're not pay, paying attention to lamp logic because if we have a fire rod, we're just going to go through this anyways. Yeah. But with, uh, with cross keys, it's a little bit different where you're going to, uh, let's say bunny walk into, you know, into skull woods and you're breaking the logic right there because, you know, bunny walking and dying in a dungeon is not exactly a logical thing to do. So, uh, yeah, it's that de- I find definitely you do break a lot more logic in cross keys versus open, or at least in my experience. Yeah. And I see, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be a little tattletale here that, uh, you're jumping in another tournament as well. Uh, I guess you could call it a <laughs> tournament as I see is you were one of the, uh, top four, the four fastest teams to sign up for the league. Uh, so you guys, are you and uh, your teammates looking forward to that? Yeah, we are. Uh, we're really excited. So uh, our team's going to be called uh, the Rando Babies. Perfect with this, with the mentor tournament. Uh, so it's myself, Vextifer, who is another uh, gold sword bracket a player uh, and uh, Norse came Maddie, who was, I believe this a semifinalist of the tempered bracket. So yeah, nice. Uh, the three of us are really looking forward to that. And uh, you know, hopefully we can, uh, hopefully we can make a splash because uh, the open league will be uh, a lot of fun, but it'll also be uh, a good competitive uh, group of players. So we'll see what happens. Nothing warms my heart more than a league team made entirely of former mentor tournament racers. That's that's just like the dream right there. That's that's the plan in motion, you know. So considering you're going from the mentor tournament, which was, as Leoria put it before you, uh, like seven weeks of a whirlwind, basically, you know, you're just starting out and suddenly you're in the brackets and then boom, it's over. And then you played the X keys. And now you signed up for a league and you're looking forward to SGL. Do you do anything specific to not get burned out on the game? Or are you just still having so much fun with it all that you don't mind playing it that much? So it's funny you mentioned that because I definitely have had times. And I think it's because I was getting frustrated with not understanding why I was not getting Mm-hmm. my times down to a specific level and i was always full clearing seeds that i was i uh, did take a minor break uh a little bit ago but what i find is that uh doing the different modes kind of takes away this big expectation of uh of yourself and you know just sort of being uh, taking a step back and saying okay it's not every seed is available to a 130 and not every seed is also you know free and mm-hmm. in, in what we describe as free, right? Where things are just right going to fall in your lap. You know, it's not that easy. So um, I think that was the biggest thing for me was just recognizing that um, every seat's different and it's not going to be based on, you know, your skill, not necessarily the skill level that I had at the time. 
it was just that that seed just wasn't going to allow you to do that. So mm-hmm. uh, I think recognizing that was a big deal. Okay, that's cool. Uh, kind of jumping off from that, uh, do you personally think that, you know, the mentor tournament, the modes that we played there, cross keys, obviously a very different mode. SGL is going to be some kind of new Yamunculus, whatever weird thing Cenex <laughs> threw together for some reason. Uh, do you think the the different modes are make it a different enough game to not you know be bored with it eventually? I definitely think so. I think uh, definitely cross keys helps if you're trying to Certainly. just get away from open seven seven. If you need a break from that, just mm-hmm. play a cross key seed just for fun and see how far you get into it. And then who knows? Maybe that's the thing that'll get you interested in uh playing these other like even other modes i know sgl is going to be a very uh sgl is going to be an interesting mode because of some of the things that uh that have been put together for it so yeah. mm-hmm. if you're you know if your big interest is just sort of branching off i think that's what i found has helped in terms of like staying away from the burnout for sure yeah mm-hmm. do you do a lot of um you know, kind of more casual play. We're talking about a lot of like tournaments and races and things. You ever do like multi worlds, voice chat races, stuff like that? Oh yeah, uh, I mean that. Uh, that's another thing. If you have people who uh, like, especially from the mentor tournament, this is going to be helpful for uh, the players who were, you know, playing in the mentor tournament. However, if you know you didn't get a chance this time, the nice thing is that um, I feel like multi worlds pretty. Um, pretty straightforward once you have it set up uh and then just doing like casual uh races and have you know have friends in voice chat and just talk to each other and laugh at the locations you know if you want to discuss the locations it's it's so casual and it's so comfortable that uh it doesn't feel like a race it feels just like a you know you're just relaxing with some friends and just happen to be playing you're sharing the the experience yeah so yeah so like an example is uh, when I decided to do a race with uh, with Chelsea Excellent, for example, we sit, we stay, you know, in voice call. We uh, we kind of just have casual conversation while we're going through the seed. Uh, while maybe not necessarily talking about locations, we're just having fun. We're laughing, and you know, you hear somebody uh, immediately react to a item location and like say, "Oh, gross!" And you're like, "Wait." what did you just find? Wait, what did you just find? <laughs> do the, like toss back and forth of wait, where are they going? What happened? Am I going to, am I going to try and metagame this now? Or <laughs> yeah, I always go crazy trying to ask the metagame question. Like, what was that? When, when am I going to get to that? Was that this? Was that that? It just, yeah, I, I like drive myself crazy. Yeah. Um, I do, I do have a question regarding stuff you learned. Um, what, when you come coming into the mentor tournament versus exiting, um, what was something that was, and you may not have one of these, but what was something that was like super challenging or looked very challenging in your opinion that you may have learned during, uh, the mentor tournament that now is kind of like, oh, this is easy or second nature, uh, as far as like maybe a trick or just like execution, some, something that maybe you struggled with before you got, uh, involved with the mentor tournament. I could probably say, uh, a cu- I would probably say a couple. Uh, definitely Harapot was the big, I think my big mm-hmm. mental block. I don't know what it was with that trick. Just, I guess because I, uh, before uh, 
I shout out uh, Felicity for finding uh, Philly Pod, which made it a lot easier. Um, yeah. It was hard to get pixel perfect. Uh, and that was my struggle. And I seemed to think that that had always been a struggle of mine was trying to find pixel perfect things. So uh, yeah. that's made it through this. It's made it a little bit easier. Um, and then in terms of execution, just um, when you're in go mode, like put your head down and just don't think just go <laughs> like, yeah, that's the yeah. big thing. Uh, especially a go mode for me was I wanted for, for my bracket round, I wanted my execution to be my advantage, not my disadvantage. So uh, that's where I was trying to figure out, okay, do I just, now that I'm in go mode, put your head down and just move. <laughs> For so many people, this getting into this community and racing is kind of their introduction to streaming on Twitch. I know it certainly was for me. Were you streaming a lot on Twitch before this? And and how how's your like stream game now? Uh, I was uh, streaming before this, and uh, it's all this is really doing. And I think for in terms of streaming, it's just extra experience of getting on camera and talking about where you're going in a seed and what you're doing, and then also just kind of jumping in with different topics and having fun as well. So uh, if, if anything, the tournament helps uh, definitely get your mind moving in terms of how you think about your seeds uh, and your gameplay. Um, the one thing I will, I, I will say in terms of uh, streaming is I know it's harder with, uh, it gets harder with delays, but at the same time, you just have to pretend like everybody's there uh during tournament races and just remember you're you basically have an audience without them being there at that present point so sure. just as a you know heads up for streamers or anybody who's trying to do that you know that's something that's to interesting keep in mind. so are you're you're saying you you like to remember that they're there rather than try to forget that they're there yeah exactly like you're still huh. in some way you're still you know you have an audience that you still you know, if, if they're there, they're there to watch you and to see you sure. entertain them. Right. So it's just yeah. something that I kept in mind uh, while doing I, things. Yeah, no, that's, that's really interesting. I guess that's the difference between like you coming into it already being a streamer versus me like streaming because I have to for races. For me, when I race, I like to try to like forget that there's people watching me be like, all right, it's just me. I'm just playing this seat. Sometimes try to even forget about my opponent and be like, all right, I'm just, I'm just playing whatever. But um, I can also see how if you're a streamer and you're used to playing for an audience, it can almost feel like lonely or weird if you're like, okay, there's no chat. Nobody's saying it like what's good. You know, like you have to like, keep that in mind to kind of be in your normal state. So that's interesting. We probably should wrap up here pretty soon. We have a jam packed episode with a, a bunch of stuff that we need to go over and, and we're at about our time here. But um, before we wrap up, uh, is there anything else, you know, as the winner of this tournament, I kind of just want to give you a little bit of like a soapbox or a platform. If there's anything you'd like to say or get off your chest or talk about or anything like that, this is, this is your, your stage. <laughs> uh, well, first and foremost, I think, uh, this tournament is a fantastic tournament for anybody who wants to get into rando, get better at ran uh, randomizer. Um, and thank you very much to everyone, everyone who organized the tournament, uh, set up the tournament, uh, restreamed racers, uh, mentors, everybody who put this together. Thank you from uh, the bottom of my heart. Thank you for, uh, oh, I'm, 
going to guess that all the racers feel the same way. So thank you uh, for doing that because this has been a fantastic tournament. Um, yeah, I just I simply think if you if you want to get better, this is the place to do it. Um, and, you know, don't be afraid. Everybody is super nice. Uh, you know, nothing to be worried about if you think that your level is uh, not what you think of a randomizer player it's it's mm-hmm. it doesn't matter you know skill level doesn't matter i mean with people who have you know done the eight who did the asyncs uh before the tournament started i know there are people who are at five hours for a seed and now can play an hour and 40 minutes no problem almost every seed so uh do not be afraid if you are uh it's very welcoming and uh, the community of a link to the past randomizer is uh, f- is very welcoming. So uh, be a, just, you know, I just say be open to it. And uh, again, uh, thank you so much for everybody who put on the tournament and uh, leaks coming up. So uh, get ready for some rando babies action because it will be very, very uh, interesting to see <laughs> how we yeah. do in the, uh, in the league. Yeah, I imagine there's a lot of people listening to this who already have their league teams, you know, ready to go. Uh, if not, maybe think about joining next year. Signups are, are closed now, um, you know, but there's going to be a lot of really great races to watch uh, and a lot of mentor tournament folks to to cheer on. So, uh, Mr. Aaron Snurd, again, congratulations for, for one final time. And uh, thank you for joining us here uh, on the podcast and uh, sharing your insights. And we will absolutely look forward to seeing you around the community. That's great. Thank you very much, everyone. All right. So we've heard from our MVP mentor. We've heard from the winner of the Gold Sword Bracket. Uh, and as I said before, we had those interviews. Everything is completely done. So now it's time to do a 180, take a look back on the tournament and talk about a few things to kind of put a put a bow on this. So uh, the first thing I wanted to make sure that we talked about was async seeds. So we've had a lot of requests uh, for folks to take a look at their async time so they can do a comparison from then. And remember, these were. Uh, you know, the purpose of this was to try to um, uh, rank everyone kind of so that we could seed people going into the beginning of our Swiss grouping. Uh, so it's just like a raw test of what is your skill level at before you've even started with getting mentored or boots camp or the tournament or anything like that. Uh, and then so we have those async times. So we're going to release those. Uh, you can check the link for the description. We'll have them all out. Uh, and you can compare those to kind of how people ended up at the end of Swiss or even at the end of brackets. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. And right off, right off the bat, I think the most noticeable one, and uh, hopefully he's okay with me kind of shouting him out, Vextifer, uh, I think has to be a candidate for most improved in this entire process. Because Vextifer in both of our asyncs had the second to slowest time on both of them. And then ended in the freaking gold sword bracket. So that is like the amount of, uh, you know, the amount of improvement over that over that time is is absolutely staggering. And huge shout outs to Vexifer uh, for, you know, applying themselves and, and, you know, getting improving their time so drastically uh, over the course of the summer. Yeah, GG, that's crazy to see how, how much they've improved and especially how much you can really push your time down by just you know, getting to play it regularly and having someone tell you what you should focus on and where you should improve. I'm, I'm sure that was most of it. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty. It's pretty and, cool to see this because, like, you know, you play two seeds, and you know, your average of those two kind of being as high as it was. Uh, and, and no offense to anybody who has that. Like that, everybody starts somewhere. Um, yeah. Like, by the way, I heard async seed one was a, a real bastard of a seed. It too. was from what I remember. <laughs> so <laughs> any, any, and everyone has, has their bad seeds, even if it's supposed to be good. Like sometimes you just make all the wrong plays. So not to say we're judging anyone's skill based on these two async seeds. It's just kind of the best thing that we have to try to do something like that. You know, you say best, it's our only metric that we have. It's our only <laughs> method, right? Yeah. It's, that's pretty much it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we will publish those and, uh, enjoy. And again, you know, these aren't meant to be like, oh, this person was bad and now they're good. Cause that doesn't work like that. But I do think it's great to appreciate the progress, um, that everyone made in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, let's see what else. So sometimes our, in the past when we've done kind of our wrap up episode, we put out the feedback a little earlier and we talk about it on this episode. Timing for that, unfortunately, this time wasn't really going to work out that way. We now the feedback form is now open. So feel free to share your feedback with us. Um, We'll have a link to that in the description as well. Things that you liked, things that you would maybe like to see improvements on for next year, uh, suggestions for other things we can do. Um, We are certainly open to all of that. And um, we might talk about some of it on the show, to be honest. Um, It'll probably just be kind of something we look at as an admin team and keep in mind for next year. Um, but yeah, that is, uh, I just wanted to mention that real quick. Um, the, another thing we can do here is we have, uh, thanks to our admin team, we've been keeping track of finish times and who's mentoring whom throughout the entire tournament. And we've kind of aggregated that info. I say we, uh, a lot of this is due to, uh, admin superstar Lumaga, um, who I shouted out, uh, in our post gold sword race benediction. Uh, but yeah, thanks to him, we have some kind of like uh, stats that we can look up here to see just generally kind of how the group improved in their finish times and also see, you know, various mentors kind of how uh, we call it like mentor affinity. Like did a lot of people just kind of stick with one mentor or did some people kind of pick a different person each week or something sort of in between that? Um, so we have that information here. Let's see what is kind of jumping out Enemies under the bush. That's what jumped out. (laughs) (laughs) So generally, uh, average win time in week one, uh, the average of everyone's winning time was 152.28. By week six, that was down to 149.18. So just generally, you know, execution wise, a, a full three minutes gained between week one and week six. Uh, and then for the lo- the losing time, uh, people were incentivized to finish out their races because in the event of tiebreakers of race records uh, in sorting people into the various brackets, whether you know, how how much you got beat by could be one of the factors that's considered in seeding you. So even if you see that your opponent has beat you, it still makes sense to finish your seed. So thanks to that, we have actually good information for these lost times because there were very few forfeits overall in, in the group stages. So the average losing time in the first week was two hours, seven minutes and 11 seconds. And by week six, it was one hour, 57 minutes and 59 seconds. Um, so you know, a, a 10 minute improvement uh, on that side of things. And that can only come from just more knowledge of the game, a better understanding of the routing and the locations. Um, and I think that's a probably the most telling 
mark of improvement throughout this entire tournament is those average loss times and how they just get uh, how they just get faster and faster through each week. Yeah, I also I'm looking here at the uh, at the little part where it says the all star mentors, where obviously our interviewee Leoria of Light uh, is at the top here. But I was looking through the win percentages of some of these, and uh, the first one that kind of jumps out is Espion, uh, number two most mentored uh, mentor or mo- most mentoring mentor, I guess would be the right thing to say. Sure. Uh, he managed to go 12 and four for a 75% win rate, which is pretty that good. That is very good. But yeah. uh, not to be outdone, we have a little further down Cassidy Moen, uh, only mentored, I say only, thanks for your contribution, obviously, but uh, compared to these guys, only mentored five times, but managed to get a 100% win rate. Every time Cassidy wow. Moen mentored someone, the mentee won the race. And Very uh, impressive. I think other than a couple of people who only mentored one time, which is kind of unfair, I feel like, uh, that's the only 100% win rate that we have in the whole thing. There's Nobly right behind him with 80%, a 4 and one So really close with only one loss, but uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And Cassidy, I'm looking at who they mentored, and uh, it was mostly Couch23, who was one of our, our Gold Sword bracket participants. So that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. They did a lot of winning. Yep. So awesome. Um, yeah, that's a really good one. I also just like to take this moment to shout out uh, all of the mentors who hit the double digits. We had so many folks uh, helping out with mentoring and uh, mentoring multiple times at that. So I just wanted to shout out the ones who who got into double digits there. Of course, we had Leorio with 21 times, Espion with 16, Walter the Fourth, our MVP mentor from last time with 14, uh, still our third highest this year. So still an MVP in every sense of the word. Uh, we had Radical Sniper 99 or Jesse who did 13, Vortex of Doom did 13, Allison 12, Don Venure 12. Orange did 12, Ricky of Kakairi did 12, Keg in the Closet 11, Nilsson Alex 92 11, and Trey Spire 10. Um, and then, of course, we had so many that did 9, 8, 7, 6. I mean, so many folks that helped out. Um, and, and I unfortunately can't call out every single person, but a, a huge thank you to all of the folks that stepped up to mentor. Um, we really can, we can never thank you enough. So. Yeah, uh, here's just another like little thank you again, I guess, for some reason. Yeah, we had <laughs> uh, we might have said this, but 71 unique mentors is like, jeez, is wild. Uh, yeah. We we mm-hmm. didn't have we would have loved to have that in mentor tournament one. Uh, I think we had I don't even remember the mentor tournament one stat, but as far as like how many mentors were there. But man, the the growth of. I guess the teaching pool has been phenomenal. It's a testament to the community of how, you know, I guess loving and how open everybody is uh, with wanting to just see an overall improvement, which is phenomenal. Um, You know, and obviously like maybe more people wanted to that did not mentor, like don't feel bad if you couldn't. I mean, obviously life gets in the way, uh, but people who had the time and, you know, donated that time instead of just saying, I'm going to go play my own seed. Like that's, kind of a testament here and it's almost like something you could put on a plaque and and be proud of i i think you know in a way too 
Absolutely. I think that's a really good transition into uh, the next thing we're going to talk about here, which is things that may change for next year. So one of the nice things about doing this tournament annually is it gives us an opportunity to improve each time. Whenever there are kind of areas that are pain points for us, we put a lot of focus into trying to fix that problem so that the next year it's not as big of a deal. And we've done a really good job of that. And I think this year there's kind of two main things that have been uh, identified, at least in my eyes, um, that I'd like to try to address. I guess three things, uh, three things. One of them is mentors and the amount, um, you know, kind of how much we're leaning on some of them. And you guys have all heard the interview with Leoria already where we kind of touched on that a little bit. So I won't reiterate it too much, but I do think it's worth looking at maybe putting a limit on how many times a mentor can help out per day, for instance, just as a kind of a jumping off point, uh, but doing something like that so that we can get more of the new mentors, say, you know, racers from this year, for instance, uh, make sure that they're getting involved and they're able to help out and um, that, you know, we're not getting a few people kind of bombarded with requests that are, you know, not going to say no because that's the kind of person that they are, but still might be a little inconvenienced by by the workload. So I think that's worth, you know, zeroing in on and trying to find a, a solution for that. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, another thing uh, I we've already discussed a little bit with uh, Lumaga and some other folks. Uh, most tournaments in this community have a setup where there is a tier of admins who make a lot of the decisions about how things should go. Maybe they do announcements and things like that. But then sort of under that, there's a team of mods that uh, understand that their job is just to kind of carry out some of the, um, you know, tasks that need to be completed in order to run a tournament, like updating a challenge or whatever you're using to keep track of wins and losses, um, keeping spreadsheets updated. So we have these stats at the end of the year, stuff like that. So I think next year we're going to split off and, um, try to make it so that we kind of have that that same sort of setup. We have our admins um, who are kind of advisory, making decisions um, and, and, you know, doing the kind of stuff that we're already doing. But then when it comes to the, the little things, we have a team uh, of volunteers that can help us out with that. And, you know, and a restream mod, for instance, kind of formalizing that, I think, is, is worth our time, too. So um, with that in mind, uh, you know, we might be reaching out to a few of you to, to tap you to see if that's something you might be interested in helping out with. So, well, on a different um, note, you, instead of yeah. us reaching out to them, I, I think that, and granted, we just finished up the next mentor tournament. Like if we're doing this annually is a year away, almost a year away. Uh, but if it's something, you, you know, you are potentially interested in now, feel free to shoot uh, one of the admins, like the current admins, the red names or the green names, the hosts uh, on the discord, a DM, and uh, just say, hey, I, I, I put me down as, you know, interested. And then if if and when that opportunity comes up, we can always check in with those folks and, uh, you know, move on, I, I guess, move on that instead of just kind of, uh, you know, making we don't want to make anybody to commit to something a year away. Nobody, so true. Everybody knows that life can change like stupid fast. So, um, yeah. But yeah, if, if you're definitely interested in being involved in tournament administration, stuff like that. Um, I like to think that this is a good place to get started. Uh, a perfect example of that is, you know, Amerith, uh, who uh, basically, you know, has been a really good admin for us, started as a mentor runner in the very first mentor tournament. Uh, she is now um, a commentary moderator for the main tournament, uh, league administrator, uh, council leader as well. Um, so, uh, you know, got yep. very, very involved in the community. You know, not, not saying you have to go one step at a time, 
But, uh, you know, she's she's helped, I think, in probably some like the most amount of places you possibly can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Her, her and Lumaga, I would say Lumaga had kind of a similar yeah, true. sort of arc, you mm-hmm. know, by helping out with us and then going to um, help out with the league. Uh, and, and other tournaments that escape me at the moment. But yeah, this is, this can be a good way to, you know, if you do have an interest in, you know, doing mod or admin work for another tournament, this looks great on a resume, <laughs> for lack of a better word. You know, we're, we're, if you uh, help us out for a season, we're more than happy to put in a good word for you with uh, any other, you know, tournament you'd like to work with. So um, the last thing that I wanted to say, and maybe this is just like a personal vendetta for me, but I am so sick of challenges. <laughs> we are not using challenge next year. I'm I'm over it. Anytime you have someone drop out or you want to make some sort of manual change to the tournament, forget it. You have to basically delete that uh, challenge and, and build a new one with the right names in it. And it's it's just ridiculous. Uh, other tournaments like the NMGs comes to mind right away, for instance, have used a Google sheet for that kind of thing. I think that's perfectly fine. We can probably even automate it to a certain degree with Lumaga's help. So I, I don't think I don't think we're going to be using challenge anymore. It just causes more problems than it actually solves. Um, so again, that maybe this is just my own personal petty vendetta, but I'm, I'm sick of it. Uh, so we're going to do something different in that regard. I'm pretty sure. I'm all for it. Yep. Definitely. Good. Good. Well, uh, I think that's going to take us to the end of talking about mentor tournament 21, at least for now. Um, you know, stay tuned. We will almost certainly be back for the fourth edition in the summer of 2022. Um, there might even be possibly like another offshoot like we did with the OWG tournament. Um, there's no actual plans for that, but, you know, never say never. Uh, so <laughs> with that in mind, do you guys have any sort of like final thoughts about the tournament before we kind of close the door on this? I mean, I, I feel like I'm repeating myself every year when I say this, but I think it's always cool to see people come in who who are having a rough time and who are just starting out and who are posting times that they might feel ashamed about or something, you know, when they're like, oh man, I can't finish a seat under five hours or whatever. But uh, it, it's so cool to see them come out of their shells and really understand that this game can really be played by anybody who puts in a little bit of work and, you know, understand some fundamental little things and then, you know, see them all improve so much. As you were saying earlier, Vexthofer being a prime example of that, going from I don't know how many hours to being in our gold bracket and uh, just, you know, seeing people grow, seeing people join the community and start playing ladders, start signing up for other tournaments. In our interview with our champion, we heard, hey, yeah, I'm already playing cross keys and all kinds of crazy stuff. So I, I think that's really cool. And it, it will stay cool for as long as we do this and seeing how we're growing and how healthy everything is. Uh, yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, like Gantiani. Yeah, the the whole the whole deal here to me. I I said this um, to fear in a conversation about uh, we were talking about league, and I know we're talking about the mentor tournament here, but I think it just kind of wraps up both of them into the community thing. Uh, kind of what Herf was saying about the growth of players and also the abundance, uh, like. The, the situation we're in now with how many competitive, like competitively viable players that we have in the community um, showing up, putting in the work, 
improving, helping other people improve, I guess is another way of putting it. Like this community seems like it is, it's thriving for such a niche thing. Uh, It also, you know, when we're long gone, like I say, I don't mean like dead, like 80 years from now, (laughs) but like, you know, everyone in every hobby eventually has to move on in some way or, or the hobby has to take a slight backseat because like I said a little while ago, life changes for everybody so rapidly. Uh, but when we're gone and we can't dedicate all this time to it anymore, like, you know, the three of us may not be here. Go mode might be here at some point with three completely different faces. The league may have a completely different admin structure. The, the mentor tournament may have a completely different set of admins, but I think at least for the time being, I don't see it going anywhere just because of like how, how many new people are coming in and how awesome they all are. Uh, that's, that's kind of like my whole take on the whole thing. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy to think about for something so niche in my mind. Like I have a hard time wrapping my head all around it. Yeah. It's, you know, being a part of something bigger than yourself and it's, you know, of course we can all say it's silly that we're doing this over, you know, a 30 year old game or whatever you want to say that's negative about it. But I, I, you know, to your point, I would be honored if after I got out of rando, you know, once I, if, if something else comes up and I, I am not a part of the community anymore, I would love for someone else to take it over. Same with the podcast. You know, I have no plans to do that. I it's, it's my baby. But if I got to that point, I would love to see someone else step up and, and do a podcast, maybe even call it the same thing. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's the idea that like, you know, we were part of it. We contribute, we set, we kind of set the ground, uh, set the standards for others to work off of. Um, even if they don't know our names or that we help specifically, like we, it's documented, we're a part of it. And, and I, that's something that we'll have forever, you know? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, again, huge thank you. Congratulations uh, to everyone who was involved. And uh, we'll see you in 2022. All right. So. And now. Patreon. The big, big 2021 Go Mode podcast announcement. From We're doing a Patreon. Oh, yeah. We're doing it. It's, yeah, it's we're, huge. we're finally doing the Patreon. May, uh, maybe I'll make that timing work in editing, but I'll probably just leave it exactly the way it was. <laughs> yeah, dude, we, we, we're the best. We are the best. Like, uh, yeah, I tried to do that. Talking. Like, this is this is where you guys get to peek behind the curtain because I, I tried to make it sound stupid and cool at the same time. And uh, I took too long. And there was too much silence. <laughs> so I think stupid and cool at the same time is, is a pretty perfect descriptor of this show. So I, I, I think that's very fitting. I love it. Um, so I, I finally convinced the boys to let us do a Patreon. Uh, you might remember around this time last year, we discussed it. Uh, we had an open conversation about it on the show and uh, revealed that we had thought about doing it and ultimately decided not to. We kind of compromised with a uh, PayPal uh, donate button, um, which some folks have used. And we are very, very grateful to those who have uh, contributed to that and and donated to the show. Um, With the launch of Big Dunka's Ladder Patreon, proof that something like this can be done and can work. Um, If you feel like you can only donate to one um, follow your heart. Uh, and you know, I would recommend donating to other Patreons before you donate to ours. If, you know, if that's what you want to do, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't try to dissuade anyone from that. Um, 
What I will say, though, and one of the things that we talked about a lot when we discussed potentially doing a Patreon last year was we wanted to feel like we were offering up something that made it worth giving us money for. We will be offering a few things um, if you are to sign up for our Patreon. So here's here's the breakdown. So we uh, we're just going to start with two tiers. And before I even get into these, I should say that all of this is very new to us, to me setting it up. I've been on Patreon for a while as a patron. I've never created one of these. So bear with me if you want to wait a week or two and just to make sure that I do it right. I certainly wouldn't fault you for that, but we'll all be kind of figuring it out together. And I can definitely promise that I take this very seriously and I take people, you know, giving their hard earned money to us very seriously and I will do right by you bottom line, no matter what. So that's kind of my promise with that. Let's get on to the tiers. So what we're considering right now, uh, there'll be a $2 tier. That's just kind of the bare minimum. You want to show your support um, where that's going to be our go folk tier. So if you give $2 a month, you're in our go folk tier that will give you access to a monthly newsletter that one of us will be writing. I'm just kind of a behind the scenes look, maybe at like upcoming episodes, uh, what we're doing with our recordings. Um, it could kind of just be a little bit of anything. Um, so those will come once a month, probably around like the beginning of each month it'll probably be written by me but maybe i can get dancy to do a few and maybe if herf is feeling extremely generous he'll like do one for christmas or something like that um (laughs) for christmas but that is the the, yeah uh, as a christmas gift to all of us Uh, so that is promises yeah (laughs) So that's the $2 tier. And again, it's not meant to be anything crazy. It's just kind of a small token to say thank you. If you do decide to um, support us, uh, that that is what we're doing for our $2 tier for the $5 tier. These are friends of the show. So this is the friend of the show tier. You can't have access. You can't be saying mm -hmm. friend of the show when you talk about people anymore, unless they actually have the title friend of the show. And now when everyone goes, Now, when everyone looks back at old episodes, they're going to be like, oh, they're part of the Patreon. So I see what you did there. So now I think whenever we want to call someone a friend of the show who is not a five dollar subscriber, but has, say, like been a guest before or something like that, we have to find an even more like elevated thing to call them beyond friend of the show. So we'll, we'll have, I'm going to kick that can down the road. We're not going to think of it right now, but. Uh, yeah, a go mode compadre. Okay, I actually like that. That's pretty good. Um, all right, so, but friend of the show tier, so you're going to get access to the newsletter. Um, that's the way Patreon works. You get access to all the tiers below what you what you commit to. So you'll have the newsletter. Um, there's a good chance we'll probably let you uh, just kind of join in on the private uh, Discord channel that we have for our Twitch subscribers. Um, it makes sense because they're also paying $5 a month right now. Um, so we'll probably let you into that channel. And then what we're going to do is every other Wednesday, actually, I'll probably do every Wednesday for the first little bit. So it'll be once a week. And then at at some point it'll slow down to once every other week, we're going to share our old episode outlines. So we have all of these saved in a Google doc and most of them we don't touch at all after we record that particular episode. (laughs) So it's kind of a snapshot into the notes that we use to record the episode, things that didn't make the cut. Um, Maybe there's even some bad words in there. I don't know. But the idea is to capture those as a PDF and then send those out to all of our 
$5 subscribers on the off week that there is not an episode. Like I said, I think I want to do once a week for the first little bit just to kind of, you know, get people used to it and catch them up. Uh, and then at a certain point, we'll switch to that every other week thing. Um, in addition to sharing those uh, note outlines, uh, they'll also probably be like a paragraph or two from one of us, probably usually myself, um, that will just kind of be a comment on, you know, where we were at of when we recorded that particular episode, things we remember about it, um, just to kind of put things into context a little bit. So uh, that is the main kind of reward for the $5 friend of the show tier. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, really, the sky is the limit there. Uh, we we've been very clear about this, and I think we should probably say it again. My co-hosts especially are not uh, they don't they're not interested in being on the hook for providing a ton of bonus content. And that is 100 percent their prerogative and fine. And I'm not trying to do that to them. Uh, so um, just keep in mind, there are there's a lot of potential for other bonuses, you know, maybe like live shows and things like that. Um, music that I write could could maybe be posted in a more pure form to our patrons, for instance, just kind of spitballing. Um, there are there's a lot of potential of things that we could do down the road, but we're just going to stick with these two very basic tiers for now and kind of stay tuned for you know what we decide to do going forward. Um, but yeah, obviously this is very exciting. I'm very excited. Um, just to be very candid for a second. I mean, I, I, I work really hard on this show and I'm really proud of it. And, uh, you know, sometimes when I'm editing and it's 1130 at night and I'm super tired and, you know, the episode's taking forever to export and I'm worried I'm not going to get it in time, you know, sometimes it is a little stressful and, um, uh, you know, I'm not to say that it would ever be enough to make me stop doing the show, but it, this is now a way for you to maybe show your support uh, for me to be able to see that when I'm Tuesday temp and I'm editing and it's it's tough, you know, being able to see, OK, there, there are folks that are, you know, they believe in this, they care about this, they want to support this. I think will make it a lot easier to, um, you know, get through those those kind of tough times. And uh, I'm a proud patron of, of several podcasts and I'm really excited to be able to offer this opportunity to our listeners and don't feel obligated to donate. The show will always be free every two weeks, no matter what. But if you want a little bit extra or you want to show your support now, there's a nice, easy way to do that with our Patreon. Heck yeah. And also, like, if you don't want to sign up for Patreon, uh, we did the, do the donate button. That's still a thing. Um, if you just want to say, you know what, here's a one time thing and you're never going to do a thing again. That is something that is as much appreciated as anything. And honestly, a download and a listen I think is uh, also just as much appreciated, you know, like we, we do this kind of as a hobby. I think, you know, I, I know Tim puts a lot more work in with the editing side, the, the hosting side for the, the podcast fees. Herf and I just kind of do this as something to, uh, I, I'm speaking for Herf, which is bad, but, uh, we just kind of do it as a hobby with Tim, um, you know, to help him out. And it's, it, it's fun. We have fun doing it. So, um, you know, if we can make it where it's a net cost zero for Tim, that's always a good thing. I appreciate that. And, you know, I appreciate you guys helping me out with it and, and making it a reality. And uh, thank you for coming on this journey with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this thing up. All right. So uh, Temp had to bail. I can't believe he bailed. Uh, I get it, though. Uh, there's there's a screaming baby and. Uh, he's got a babysitting shift coming up here and this episode, I don't know if on the runtime it's going long, but the recording time has gone long. 
So, uh, but we're in segment five of this outline. This is the first time we've had a segment five. It's crazy. Uh, but this is the wrap up. Uh, so just real quick, uh, we shout out our Twitch pages at this point. Temp dot underscore Dante with three whole A's and Herfy Derfy with the U R in both of those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I like that one. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, pretty I, good. I just thought of that on the fly. Um, we also did finally get a 53rd review. It was anonymous, but it counts. Uh, smiley face. Uh, Tim put that there. Um, let's do it. You know what? We're going to do some shout outs uh, as well um, before we, you know, close with saying check out that Patreon we just talked about. Herf, have you been uh, playing any any games or doing any fun things over the last week or two yeah i sure have actually this time i won't have to think about them so hard first i want to mention that i just realized or maybe i realized i I probably realized this at some point before but you could have said with the earthy in both (laughs) that's really good i like that uh we'll use that We'll use that next episode. So, uh, but anyways, uh, I was starting to play Psychonauts 2, which just came out recently. And uh, I played it for a day or two and it was real fun and I really want to get back to it. But then No More Heroes 3 came out on the Switch. And I've been like binging that game from start to finish. Uh, I just finished it like earlier when I jumped into the voice channel to start recording uh, I was literally watching the ending of the game go by the final cutscene on the TV next to me. And I think Tim might have heard some of it as well because it was pretty loud. Uh, oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, I just finished that. I'm, I'm nowhere near 100% or anything like that because the game has so much random collection stuff and hidden things and God knows what else. So I might go back to it. Maybe I'll start New Game Plus or something. It apparently has that, as I found out earlier. But uh, I also awesome. really, really want to go back to Psychonauts too. So yeah, those are my two shout-outs for this week. How about you? Uh, I'm still playing Red Dead Redemption 2 when I have free time. Nice. Uh, and uh, as I told the hosts uh, as I got in here today before we hit that record button, I think I'm in the end game now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, I won't spoil anything, but the game's starting to, to tug at the old heartstrings a little bit. As far as like the progression of the story, uh, I don't know if anybody else is like me, but in a story driven game, one way or another, I get attached to characters. Yeah, uh, definitely. And and uh, not so much that like, you know, that I can't live without them when the game's over. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like watching a really long movie and you get really invested in it. <laughs> yeah, you kind of. Um, but yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm still having a ton of fun with it. And I, I, I was thinking I wasn't going to do a lot of the side quest crap but like i've been you know killing the legendary animals and stuff like that mm-hmm. so I, I don't i don't think a hundred percent the game because i did that with red dead redemption one and i don't really want to do it with this just because i also have other things to do <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> but uh I'm, I'm having fun with it and as long as i'm having fun with it then uh i'll probably keep you know screwing around with it when i when i have the opportunity but it, it's been I know I've keep talking about it, but I'm I'm almost done with it. And it's been fun playing PC games again, making use of my computer. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. And it's a good game. I mean, I had a ton of fun with it. I played it on the PS4. Uh, probably didn't run nearly as nicely as it does on your PC, but it was still a ton of fun. Yeah, I, that's what everyone's told me, you know, before I even got into it. But uh, I'll tell you what Tim's been doing lately. Temp's been on vacation and then he got back and played rando, which you guys heard about. And that's, that's Temp's shout out coming from Dante. <laughs> uh, but uh, as Temp 
on Tuesday. Tuesday, Temp. Uh, cues up the music here uh, for Sunday, Santee. Uh, we are going to get ready and mirror out. <laughs>